yeah, great to be here. Um, Julia had to to leave. She was next to me, but we've got three little girls who need entertaining. So they've currently gone out in the garden. So if you hear any bangs, it's probably them coming back in. Um, but I've got like half an hour to go and then um, they'll probably come in and, and cause carnage in our house. So if you, uh, you've got a nice image of me here, but if you can see the rest of our house, you'd be like, decimated on a Sunday morning when we're being on Zoom. Um, so Julia's looking after them outside and I get the privilege of coming to speak to you from Luke 15. And um, uh, the words are going to pop up if you've got a Bible, you might want to grab that. But really, I chose this passage because it's something that God's been working into my own heart, into my own life. Um, it's the story of the prodigal son. But actually, what I want to focus on this morning is his older brother. Um, and uh, my ESV Bible, the, the title, the subtitle is The Prodigal Son. But actually, I think it's probably more appropriate to think of it as a story of two brothers. And actually, Jesus himself says that this is a story about two sons, a man who has two sons. And so we're going to look at the older one rather than the younger one. And the, the thing that God's been working into me, I think, is... I don't know if you've ever had times in your Christian life, if you are a follower of Jesus, when you just get a little bit lukewarm and just life gets a bit tough and it's hard to keep going. And, and you just kind of start in your own soul, think, God, you should be doing X, Y and Z. Like, I thought you'd be blessing me. I thought that you'd be coming and moving. And just processing some of that is what, what I've been doing. I don't know if that's been your situation um, through this coronavirus season uh, but I just wanted to come and encourage you and just have a look at this older brother um, and look at some things maybe we can avoid so that there's then some good stuff that we can pick up uh, that we can get hold of God that we can know the father as we're designed to and then we get to come into the celebration that he wants to throw for us so I'm going to read the passage um, it's uh, chapter 15 in Luke and I'm going to actually start in verse 17 uh, just for the sake of time when he came to himself, this is the younger brother, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate now his older son was in the field as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you, 
I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property of prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. It's uh, one of the most amazing, beautiful stories in scripture, I think, a uh, story of a father, uh, but who ultimately is trying to win back both of his sons. One son, the younger son, has run off and squandered the inheritance uh, on prostitutes, according to his older brother, and who knows what else. And uh, he comes to his senses and he after many years comes home and you kind of think, what, how is the father going to greet him? Is he going to be met with condemnation, with a rebuke? It's like, no, the father has, has been waiting and yearning and longing for his son to come home and he runs out and he greets him and they have, they have this great party. But at the end of the parable, we find out that the older son has left. He's, he's outside. He doesn't want to come in. He doesn't want to come and celebrate. And the father again has to go out to him and he's like, Look, come and celebrate. It's appropriate. You know, my son, your brother was lost, but is now found. He was dead, proverbially, but he's alive again. And uh, what Jesus is doing is he's showing that there's not just, you know, like one good son and one bad son. Both sons are lost. And uh, he's actually addressing the Pharisees and the Pharisees um, have been complaining to him and saying, Jesus, we can't believe that you're eating with sinners and tax collectors. You know, their attitude is, Jesus, of course, you'd come and sit down for dinner with us. We're the Pharisees. We're the good guys. We're the ones who are following your rules and following God's word. And we're honoring God. We're, we're doing all the right things. Of course, you'd sit with us, but you're not going to sit with them, are you? And so Jesus is telling a parable, ultimately, that all of us are lost. Younger brothers are lost. They need to come home. Older brothers are lost, and they need to come in. But actually, though we're both lost, younger and older brothers, we're all lost. One condition is far, far more dangerous than the other. To be an older brother is actually far more dangerous than to be a younger brother. Because if you're a younger brother, you know you're lost. You know that you've left. You know that you've run away. You know that you've gone off and squandered the father's money. This younger brother has a wake-up call. He has a day when he's feeding food to pigs, which in the Jewish culture was like the lowest of the low. And he realizes, oh my goodness, I have sinned against heaven, against my father. I have messed up. I've hit rock bottom. I need to go home. I'll, I'll just, I'll come back as a servant. I'll just I'll beg for forgiveness and maybe my father will take me in he was lost but he knew it and he comes back and fortunately he has a father who's full of grace and welcomes him in the older brother thinks he's the good guy he's like I've never left I've never squandered the inheritance I haven't been off of prostitutes I have obeyed I am a good son I have been faithful and I've slugged my guts out and I've worked hard I can't believe what my father's doing he he thinks the younger brother is the sinner and he's doing okay whether the Pharisees realized it or not Jesus was telling this parable about them 
Like we're the good guys. Jesus, of course, is going to sit with us. It's those tax collectors and sinners you should be avoiding. And Jesus is telling this story that the Pharisees would realize they're lost as well. The world is not full of good people and bad people. The world is filled with sinners who need saving. And uh, Jesus actually tells three parables all about things being found. A lost sheep that a shepherd finds, a lost coin that a woman goes and gets and has a party. And then actually two lost sons, one of whom is found one of whom we're not sure we're going to we're going to have a look at this older brother that the father loves to find things that god loves to come and rescue us but the as i said the, the the kind of the biggest problem is if you don't realize you're lost i always think it's like you know i don't like going to the doctors but when i get symptoms for whatever it is i've got you know eczema i've got a rash i know i need to go if you don't know that you're sick you don't go to the doctor and if it's really serious I mean you could die it's actually good to to realize look I I am in trouble here I need to go and get help Jesus is telling this parable to, to the Pharisees tell, telling the parable about the older brother he is in trouble but he doesn't realize it and he's lost. And I just, I thought this is what I wanted to speak on, a nice cheerful topic uh, to come as a guest speaker. But for all of us, just to have a little think about, I don't want to be an older brother. I don't want to miss out on the love of the father. I don't want to miss out on the celebration. I don't want to miss out on God. Is there anything in my life that is going to make me miss out on what God has for me? And, and maybe that's ultimately because the story is being told because it looks like the Pharisees and his older brother are not going to come in at all. But even as a Christian, like I know, I know Jesus, I know I'm saved. Yet there are still tendencies that I have in my life that I think look a lot like this older brother. And so if you'd be like, oh, I'm a Christian, I've got this. I, I, I know, I know about this. Actually, I think there's some, there's some habits, there's some attitudes that we maybe also need to root out if we are to truly and ultimately receive all that the Father wants to give us. And in the time that I have, I just want to go through three uh, particular things that the older brother does that maybe we can learn from and make sure that we get God as well. So the first one, uh, verse 28 and verse 29, when the father comes to this older brother and, uh, and, the, and the party is going on, this is uh, it's what we read. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me even a young goat. The first characteristic of the older brother is that he is angry. He is disappointed with how he thinks the father is behaving. And he would say, I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command. And actually, where it says, I have served you, you can also translate that as, I have slaved for you. <laughs> I have given myself. I have done my bit. Now you need to come through for me. And basically what he wants is, I don't want my younger brother coming back in. I don't want him having a share of the inheritance. He's like, no, he squandered his wealth. I've earned what I've earned. I'm going to keep it. When we first moved to Birmingham to plant King's Church, 
Um, I knew I was called by God. We had a great team that came with us and we were really excited to establish something new, a bit like you guys in Manchester, uh, full of hope and, and the call of God. And I, after about a year, realized I think something of this older brother spirit had got into my own heart because I had been working hard, which I think is a good thing. You know, I'd given out all, a number of flyers to people, maybe some students like Lola. You know, we were just giving them out liberally. We were knocking on doors. We were going for it. And um, after about a year, things hadn't gone quite as well as I had wanted them to go. And we'd had quite a few people join in, but then they'd all left. And I just got a bit frustrated. And I remember some of the some of my prayers at the time just coming before God. And uh, I think I probably wasn't exactly like this, but the spirit underneath it was almost like, God, I have given out, I don't know what the number was, like 5,000 flyers. I have prayed for hours on my knees. I have fasted. I have, when that didn't work, I fasted again. When that didn't work, I just read my Bible and read my Bible. And I think I had almost an attitude of God. I have done my part. Why haven't you done your part? you know, I have given myself here. Why haven't you given yourself for me? And I actually think that kind of attitude, sadly, is prevalent in Christians' hearts. That I don't know if you, maybe you've seen it, you can see someone who's, you know, year after year, they've been faithful, they go to church, they give, they pray, they read their Bibles, they're they're, you know, they're really, really faithful. And then something happens that they're not expecting. Some, you know, maybe it's an illness. Maybe they've been waiting. Maybe they've been really, really faithful. But they're like, God, you're going to give me the spouse that I'm praying for, right? Or maybe it's like, you're going to give me the child that I've been longing for. You know, I've been saving and saving for this house and it hasn't happened. I've been praying for that promotion and it hasn't come. And when it happens or when the thing doesn't happen that you've been looking forward to, it's not only that you're sorrowful, because I think it's appropriate that when you know, when suffering happens, when, when we hit moments of grief, it's appropriate to be sorrowful. We, we, why we have the Psalms in scripture, I think, one of the reasons is it's good to be real and emotional, but we're not just sorrowful, we begin to get angry and resentful and frustrated. And we begin to kind of cry out to God and say, God, you owe me better. You, you owe me more. And that's what this older brother is like. He's saying to God, I slaved for you. I have been the good son I've done all the right things and and yet I haven't had this why are you letting this this son of yours back in and I just think it's, it's an area where we need to root out we need to be ruthless at making sure we we're not just after the father for his things we're not just praying because like God I'm going to pray and you're going to give me what I want and if you don't give me what I want I'm going to be quite upset about it Actually, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like this older brother who doesn't love the father for the father. He loves him because he's going to get an inheritance. He loves him because he's going to get things. It's like it's so easy, I think, to slip into God. I'm going to be faithful and then you're going to give me a ticket to heaven. Right. We've got a good deal going on here. That's how it's going to work. But no, that's we could be more like the older brother than we think. And as I said, it's really difficult because this older brother, he doesn't know that he's lost. And I, one of the reasons I wanted to do this message today is it's so easy to go to church, to pray, to read your Bible, to be like, I'm doing all the right things. And yet actually still be alienated from the father. Because it, it wasn't him that we were after. 
it was his stuff. So that's the kind of the first thing maybe we need to look at and just examine in our hearts. Is there any anger, resentment? But then secondly, and I think very much linked, he, this older brother has a sense of entitlement. So the second half of verse 29, I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. It's, it's kind of joyless. It's like, I've been serving you, but what's it all been for? And the father answers in verse 31. It's a really gracious, very compassionate answer. He said to him, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. But for whatever reason, that has not resonated with this older son. The father's like, everything that's mine is yours. And yet the older brother's like, well... What good's that to me? I've never even had a goat. I've never even been able to have a party with my friends. And then this son comes home and you're having fat and calf is slaughtered and there's a great party. What does that look like for us in our own kind of walk with God? I think for me, what, what that looks like is my prayer life becomes one of duty. That I come to God and I think, okay, God, you've made it quite clear that there's certain things I need to get done in this prayer time you know it's quite clear in scripture i need to pray for my wife julia so okay better pray for her and i've got three girls now so you know i really need to pray for them because they need to be looked after and also i mean it says a lot about honoring your mum and dad doesn't it so i better pray for my mum and dad and does that go to aunts and uncles count in that i've got a lot of aunts and uncles cousins i don't even get me started on cousins and then you you know getting into other passages you've got to pray for the government haven't you you can't not pray for them say so, okay i've got to pray for them there and before you know it, your list is just getting longer and longer and longer. And then, of course, I mean, don't even get started. on what about your neighbours? I hope you've been praying for them in you know, the next door and across the road and your people at work. And you, you really got to pray that they're going to be OK. And by the time you get to the end, it's like I am exhausted. I'm utterly overwhelmed. I have been slaving for God. What's he doing for me? And it's so easy to forget all the benefits and blessings that God wants to give to you. The father says, all that is mine is yours. You own it all. You can have it. And you're like, I haven't got time for that. I haven't even had a young goat. I haven't even had a tiny celebration. And what happens is you get into, you're like, I'm being dutiful. I'm going to get through my prayer list. And you forget to worship. And you forget to just come and adore God and, and thank the father just for who he is with no agenda, with no kind of lists, with no, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good to pray. And actually to be disciplined is a really good thing. But this older son is not just being disciplined. He feels like he's a slave. He feels like he's, he's, he's grafting and he's earning and it's transactional. And it's, if I do my bit, you'll owe me. There's no joy. There's no celebration. And just again, my encouragement to you, maybe to examine yourself, is like, is there, how much joy is there in your Christian life? How much worship is there? in your daily walk we are designed to worship we are designed to know god for god with no particular agenda but just to enjoy him he loves to reveal himself he loves to give himself and the older brother is lost he doesn't see that he doesn't love the father for him he's just in it for what he can get and he's a bit disappointed with that deal at the moment and then thirdly and the kind of this is the final symptom that we can examine. I think there's a lot more, but I've got half an hour, so I'll cap it at three. Um, he's, he's incredibly proud. 
verse 30, but when this son of yours, you think, you mean your brother, right? He's like, no, no, this son of yours, father, I'm not my brother, who has devoured your property of prostitutes. We don't actually know that he did. Maybe the older brother just, I can imagine what he was up to. I know what he's like. You killed the fattened calf for him. The elder brother is feeling hard done by. He's full of self-pity. But he's also a proud person. He's like, I would never do what my brother has done. It's never. I mean, I can't, I can't believe how he has behaved. And you're just going to let him back into the family. You're just going to allow him to come in and be reconciled and have a role and play a part. I just, I can't countenance it. You know, it's really, really difficult to love someone that you think you're better than. It's really hard to forgive somebody that you feel superior to. My wife, Julia, and I have uh, been working on our marital communication over the last few months. We've hit a few road bumps along the way and we've been working it out. And I have had to learn afresh that it's really hard to love and to forgive when I think I am better than or when I think I would never say what you just said and uh, I I've actually sent Julia away because I don't didn't want her spilling all my secrets while I'm doing this talk to you and she, she would tell you that Steve can be a proudful person sometimes and he can get a bit superior sometimes to my shame and on, honestly the Holy Spirit has had to check me just to be like no you you know right Steve you you're a sinner who needs saving like you need grace upon grace upon grace and I, I think I just had to learn afresh that the way to be reconciled the way to love the way to have a healthy and vibrant and full relationship is to realize no I have received grace that I didn't deserve therefore I get to give away grace to others this older brother hasn't he hasn't got it he's like no I'm good I'm fine I'm the good son I, I just cannot accept that you would bring this younger brother home and remembering Jesus is telling this story to the Pharisees it's like Jesus would eat, eat dinner with us yeah of course we're the Pharisees but not tax collectors not sinners whereas Jesus is just unlike any human being who ever lived he is able to reach out and to love younger brothers and yet he's able to reach out and to love religious people like the Pharisees but also, sadly, religious people like me, and maybe even like you. Because as we read this, I hope you're seeing that in many ways we are more like this older brother than is perhaps comfortable. And kind of where I started with this, like what do we what do we do with all this then? Well, what are we where are we supposed to go? I think we are supposed to examine ourselves and just to say, God. If there's any part of my life where I'm angry or bitter or frustrated or I'm being transactional with you, if there's any part of me where I'm being spiritually proud or I'm holding something over someone, if there's any part of me where I've lost my joy, I've lost my worship, I've lost my adoration, I want you to come and set me free. We have to examine our hearts and examine ourselves because, as I said at the beginning, the only time you go to the doctor is when you know you're sick. And Jesus tells us he didn't come for the healthy. 
he came for he came for sinners he came for tax codes he came for the broken and the hurting and the vulnerable and the more that we're able to lay down our pride and to surrender our feeling of i'm okay i'm a strong person i've got this like i'm in charge the more we're able to say no that that's not true that's a facade I, jesus i come and lay that at your feet again i'm a sin i'm broken i'm hurting come and help me do you know what jesus loves to do he loves to come and help you he loves to come and help me because in a way it's a really difficult thing to admit you're a proud person I say with a lot of experience it is a is a terrifying thing to come and surrender yourself to Jesus and to say I don't want to be in charge of my life anymore I don't want to be in control of my kind of my image of what people think about me about how I'm going to provide for myself I want you to have it it's terrifying it's a scary thing to really make yourself vulnerable and put your, yourself in the hands of God. But I've been reading a book recently called Gentle and Lowly uh, by a, a writer called Dane Ortland. And in it, he says, the only sin that Jesus can't deal with is unrepented sin. And I found that a real kind of like, whoa, moment as I was reading it to think Jesus can forgive anything. He's never shocked. He's never disillusioned by human nature. He knows what's in a man. He gave himself, he's died to deal with all sin. The only sin that he can't deal with is stuff that we won't repent of. We won't confess. We won't bring before him. And that was the older brother's problem. He didn't realize he was lost. He was proud and the father has to come out to plead with him, to entreat him. Will you come in? And we don't actually know how the story ends. Jesus does that deliberately. If you look at verse 32, the, the father comes out and says, it's appropriate that we should have this celebration because this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You don't know whether the older brother says, you're right, I've been a fool. I'm coming in. You don't know if he says, stuff it. I know what I want. I'm, I'm not coming in. It's a cliffhanger. It's, it's, it's open. It's an open-ended parable. Because Jesus is telling it to the Pharisees. He's leaving them a question. Are you willing to lay down your pride and come in? To admit you're lost? Come and get saved. And this parable is still alive and kicking today. It's written for us. We're supposed to read it and think, are we willing to come in? Are we willing to lay down our pride? say Jesus I need you come and help me come and set me free and just as I finish I want to give you two final reasons for why I think you should do it today why I think it's worth it to come and surrender and lay yourself down the first reason is we have to see the father for who he truly is in this parable the father is God himself we get a little insight into what God is truly like. And Jesus tells three parables, as I said, uh, the shepherd who goes to find the lost sheep, the woman who goes to find the coin and has a party. And then this father who is waiting and longing is like, is my son going to come home? And this father runs out to the wayward son. 
He doesn't condemn him. He embraces him. He puts a robe on him, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, gets the fattened calf. They slaughter. He's going to have a party. You think, what kind of God do we worship? What kind of God am I going to meet when I come and lay myself down? You're, this God, this father who loves sinners, this son who does not deserve God's favor, does not deserve the father's favor, who has squandered all the inheritance and meekly and shamefully comes back with his head down. That's the father that we approach. And if you think I can't resonate to the, with that, I, I've not been a younger son. I, I've been a good person. I've, I've tried to follow the rules. I've tried to do the right thing most of my life. Do you know what God you worship? A God who comes out to the older brother and says, come into the party. Come and celebrate come and enjoy the feast with me and your younger brother and probably the whole community. See, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're younger, you identify with the younger brother, you think you're the older brother. It doesn't matter. God has no favorites. He wants all his children to come in and to come home. So, you know, number one, why should you do it? Why should you lay yourself down and ask God to come in? Because this is what the father is really like. He's better than we could ever dream of or hope for. And then finally, do you know those three parables that I keep referencing? The shepherd, the woman who finds the coin, and then this. In the first two, something is lost and someone goes and brings it back. In this story, the younger son goes, but no one goes to find him. And the original listeners would be like, oh, I wonder who's going to go? Who's going to go and bring him home? Actually, it was the older son's job to go and get his younger brother and bring him back. It was his job to go at his own expense to find his wayward brother and say, we need to get you home. Let's get reconciled with our father and let's reunite this family. And it was telling that he doesn't go. And in the end, he stays outside. Jesus Christ is the older brother that we've all been looking for. He's the older brother that we've all been waiting for. He is the older brother who goes to bring younger brothers home. He goes at his own expense. He goes at the cost of his own life that he might win us who are far off, who are lost. He goes to find lost things and he, he finds them. He goes to find those that are dead and he speaks new life. Jesus is the true older brother. Jesus is, is our best friend. He doesn't want us to slave for him. He says, no, I no longer call you servants, but friends. He's the one who has the full inheritance of the father. Everything that is his is Jesus's. But he doesn't keep it for himself. He says, I share it. I share it with you. All that is mine is yours. That's the God we worship. So come today, come and bring yourselves, come and bring all your hurts and your pains and your mess and your strife. Because God is worth it and he wants to be with you. Amen.